Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of STR Conversations, hosted by myself, Jasper Rivers, and Eric Muller. Every Friday, we release a new episode where Eric and I have an organic conversation and discuss what's happening in the short-term rental industry and share what we're learning in our hosting businesses and through working with the thousands of students that go through our coaching programs. So this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you skill your hosting business by getting you out of the daily operations so you can free up your time and become the CEO of your business instead of the manager and that allows you to focus on high-level tasks that really move the needle in your business and allow you to grow. And we do that by giving you the systems and teaching you how to build a team so you can actually delegate all those lower-level tasks. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com slash X. That is strlegends.com slash X. You are listening to an episode of SDR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast hosted by Jasper Rivers and Eric Miller. So let's dive in. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome everyone, podcast number 471 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, uh, SDR Conversations with Eric Miller and myself, Jasper Rivers. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mr. Jasper Rivers. Good seeing you, buddy. Dude, 471 episodes. That's that's, uh, that's, that's pretty serious, man. You've been doing this for a long time. 2014, man. Eight years. Eight years of counting. (laughs) <laughs> Unreal. I love it. Yeah, man. And still uh still enjoying it. So yeah. I'm excited for this one because this is a this is gonna be a big <laughs> big episode. Yeah, it is. Um Let's dive into for, it. Yeah, for the people who uh who've been sitting on a rock, um Airbnb came out with a, a massive, massive update on Wednesday. It basically consists of three changes to the platform. Um, and I think uh there might be some pretty big consequences. Uh especially when it comes to search. So, yeah, so we're going to cover uh, all the all the changes in this uh in this podcast. Um so let's right, dive right into it. Have you uh, have you checked out the new Airbnb website yet, Eric? Yeah, I have. Um <clears throat> I uh was going through it this morning and uh you know, I'm happy that they only released uh and I texted you this 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 morning. I'm like, did they only release 3 updates uh because previous updates it would just be so many uh so many different things and features um but these three that they uh they updated are just so freaking powerful and it's it's almost like brian chesky's been in my mind because i'm like you know a couple of these things i'm like they need to have these in place whereas i'm searching for properties to stay as a guest i'm like i wish they had this feature uh, and it seems like they've come out with it so yeah, yeah. the updates look pretty awesome man um I say we kick off with the number one, uh, the biggest one, in my opinion, that I think is going to impact travel as a whole. I feel like it's going to gamify travel. I don't know if you thought about this, but like I, I was sitting um, uh, at the coffee shop, just kind of reading through all this stuff and having some coffee and just kind of thinking, thinking about the first uh, update, which is Airbnb categories. And I recognize I'm like, man, the way that they structured this, they're gamifying the process to travel, which which is super freaking cool. So, um, yeah, let's go into that. Why don't we explain a little bit about what the Airbnb categories yeah. look like? Yeah, for sure. So if you go to the Airbnb website now, um, Airbnb, you'll see like there's I think there's about 50 categories that Airbnb has identified. So it's anything from like A-frames to desert, national parks, countryside, design, camping. There's there's a whole lot of them. And the whole idea is that instead of instead of being destination oriented as a guest and putting in your destination, Airbnb is now kind of encouraging you to think about like what's the experience that you wanna have. 
mm-hmm. and then you pick the experience first and then you see what's around you right that's the, that's essentially that's essentially how it works and that's a that's a big update you know like um for example i just put in uh idlewild where our properties are and uh if i select for example cabins you know which we'll talk about like how do you actually show up in these different categories but mm-hmm. now it's like airbnb showing me cabins like all over california like it showed me big bear it showed me whitewater um it showed me um Idlewild, of course, but it's not just showing me Idlewild, right? So that's that's a major that's a major change, and this well, that might I, have a big influence on 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 our on on how you get booked. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, it one of the one of the things I love about this feature is um, previously they had was it unique stays search, right? So when you go to unique stays. You could uh, previously you could just search unique stays and they would kind of show you tree houses all around the world, right? And different spots. And it'd be very difficult to kind of um, zoom down to the areas that you want to go um, and find unique stays in those areas because uh, they were kind of just showing you the category as a whole. Um, so it was, it, it was a bit challenging to narrow that down. With this, what's really cool is you can search the area that you want to go to and then search the category of property that you want to stay in, which I think is absolutely amazing. By the way, uh, for everyone who's listening, I sound a little uh, nasally here. I'm just getting over uh, a cold or the flu or COVID or something, but I feel better. Uh, but sorry about my my nose is not working at the moment. Um, I just hear myself talking. I'm like, oh, that's probably slightly annoying. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool, man, because like that's something that I love to do when I tra- when I travel, I spend hours searching for unique properties in the area I want to go to. Uh so now this just kind of makes it a bit easier for us to uh uh to narrow that down. Um but then also what I find really cool and this is something that we teach in in Legends X, one of the first things we teach in Legends X is choosing the niche that you're in and choosing a uh a lane to be in. Now with categories, this kind of opens us up a bit more to focus on who we want to serve. And I'm sure with time, we'll be able to get the data to see how many travelers are searching in that area for properties. Literally one of the uh, uh, categories here is grand pianos. There's 2,800 homes on the platform with grand pianos. People are traveling to stay at a property with a grand piano, which Never, I would never thought of that, right? And then there's 247, uh, 240,000 homes on the platform that offer uh, surfing. So I guess, you know, uh, areas that you can connect with surfing. And then there's, this is cool, 6,500 homes in the Arctic, which I don't mm-hmm. even know there's 6,500 properties up there. But anyway, uh, yeah. I just think it's really cool because as the operator, we can narrow down to where we want to be. Uh, and really focus on a niche within our our industry, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One big thing that's changed as well. I don't, I don't know if you noticed it, but because you can still search for all homes, right? Yeah. Where it's showing you anything, but the titles, your title is not going to show up anymore. It now shows the type of experience and it shows the location. So, for oh. example, if I yeah, if I if I search in Idlewild. And I, I put all homes. It's showing me like home in Idlewild, which tells me like wow. okay, that's a standard home. That's not a you know that's not a spe- that's not an, a specific experience. Then it shows me cabin in Idlewild, but it also shows me cabin in Whitewater. It shows me home in Yucca Valley, villa in Temecula. Temecula, how does he pronounce that? Temecula. Uh, Temecula. Temecula. Shows Temecula. me Yeah, it's like Temecula. Yeah, really cool spot. Temecula. So that's a that's a massive change, you know. Like, so your your titles are not going to show up in in search anymore, as as far as I can tell. Dude, this is so cool. Yeah, I'm looking at so I'm looking at Idlewild any week. I have it open. I have it selected for all homes. Um, and because uh, one of our properties, one of our properties is top of the search, really cool. Um, and it says cabin in Idlewild, which is awesome. Four beds the dates of when the next availability is and then the nightly rate. And then it also gives us the, uh, 
the reviews, the um, the rating, uh, four four point nine four. Um, man, that's really cool. That changes the game. That cha- I, I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice yeah. that. So that changes the game on marketing, right? Because now um, we're gonna have to, when it comes to marketing these units on these uh, on the platform. Uh, obviously, the first photo is really really powerful. Um, but now the whole game of trying to create a, a catchy title that's going to grab people's attention is, uh, you know, out of the window. Like now we got to focus <laughs> yeah. on the category. We got to focus on the first three photos being super, super powerful to tell the story of the experience. And then uh, um, your reviews, I mean, is going to be the next biggest thing in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too is, so if you click on all homes, it's going to tell you what type of home it is and the location. But if you click on, let's say you click on cabins, for example, now it's only going to show you the location because you're only you're only looking at the cabins. So now, like when I click on cabins and I search in Ottawa, they'll see uh, the titles just become the location, just Big Bear, Whitewater, Big Bear Lake. Interesting. So, so that's that's interesting too. But the question now is, how do we how do we get our properties to show up in these categories? And which are the right categories to be in, right? So like I'm looking at, uh, I just found, oh, this is interesting. So I, I just found the den, which I'm staying in right now. And uh, oh, we got to get our reviews up on that one. Um, oh, this is interesting, man. I love it. I love how they're structuring this. Uh, this I selected cabins. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I selected cabins, one of our properties, the den pops up and it just is out of wild pine cove. Um, one queen bed. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So it doesn't say cabin because we selected it. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be interesting, man. Like it's going to, we're going to have to really decide to what, uh, how do we categorize this? Right. Do we categorize it? Choosing the category is going to be really interesting as well, based on, uh, I would love to get the data. Maybe this is something that Air DNA will do in the future is to collect the data of w- how many guests are searching in your area for a certain category. Because then from that, we can, because we this property, we can either um, schedule it as a, or put it in the category of cabin or tiny home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, like um, selecting your own category is one thing, right? We can, we can say like in, on Airbnb, we can say like, oh, our home is a cabin, right? And I guess it's, that's how Airbnb knows that, knows why to put it in the in that category. But how about some of these other categories, right? Like National Park. How do we show up in National Park? Is that just, you know, does Airbnb define like what the, where the National Parks are and automatically assign our homes into that category? Like desert, um, countryside? You know, are we in countryside, for example? Like, I I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, we definitely have to understand a little bit more of what they uh, what they mean by all of these. But at the end of the day, it's like what we're building with Free Wild. We're going to be in the cabin uh, cabin side, and we're going to be in tiny homes, right? And then when you get into the states, when you go into national parks. Um, uh, you know, that's, that's a very well-known uh, location, right? Within mm-hmm. the country. So you would select, like if we were, if we bought a property in uh, Zion National Park, right? Which was like the inspiration behind Free Wild at the end of the day. And w- once we build out a tiny home community up there, yeah, we have to make that decision, right? Do we, do we um, select National Park because we're in the National Park? Or do we select tiny home because the properties are tiny homes? But all in all, I I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're just going to have to uh, collect the data on this over time and see exactly what uh, see exactly what guests are searching. To me, that's the most important side is what is guests searching in your marketplace um, that will grab their attention. And if you see more people searching for tiny homes versus more people searching for national parks, uh, in your area, uh, and you happen to be in, uh, you know, national park, then you select tiny home. I'm, I'm assuming, but I think obviously it's brand new. So we're going to see over time exactly how this is going to work, but again, it changes, it changes the game, right? Changes the game when it comes to offering, uh, how we market these properties on the platform. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if there's uh, if we can if every host now can select one category for their unit, or if Airbnb is going to select some of these categories for us, right? Like for example, like off the grid. You know, that's another interesting one. Like, what what does that mean exactly? Off the grid, right? Is are we off the grid, or do you need to no. be in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, no. So all of these, uh, all of these are very specific, in my opinion, right? So like off the grid is a very specific way of traveling and a very specific type of property. Off the grid means that there's literally no connection to public service, right? So no electric being ran to the property, no plumbing, things like that. Off the grid means like your property is self-sustaining, uh, um, essentially, right? So once we get in here, what I'm assuming is and we'll do some updates once we play around with this because we're going to have to go in and, and update our listings. I'm assuming just like everything else, we're the ones who select the properties. We select the uh, uh, the categories uh, in these properties. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming that's the way it's going to go, but we'll update everybody once we dive into this. Um, in my opinion, I just think this is a very... This is... And this actually leads into the second... Um, uh, this actually leads into the second update, which is the split stays, which I find really interesting. Uh, this is where I see Airbnb now gamifying the uh, travel experience, right? So now what we can do is we can either select an area and a category that we want to stay in as a guest, or we could just select a category that we want to stay in. And it will show us anywhere around the world for those types of properties that we're looking for, right? So there's a hundred thousand homes on the platform as of right now that are in vineyards, um, you know, vineyard states, right? So instead of looking at just California, I look at the entire globe and say, you know what, I want to travel to France now and go stay at this vineyard that I just found on Airbnb. Mm -hmm. um, but then they also released this new you know, the second update, which is called split stays, which I, dude, I find this so freaking cool. Um, where if you're, correct me if I'm wrong here, I believe this is how they're structuring it. If you have a stay longer than a week, you can actually split your stay between two similar properties. And the platform will actually um, suggest a second property for you to split your stay at. So for example, if you're coming to Idlewild and you're staying at a free wild location and you stay in one of our tiny homes, right? And based on the location and what we're looking for, the pricing and everything that we want, it's pet friendly, it sleeps two people, it's a tiny home in the mountains, whatever that is. And I want to split my stay uh, over the next two weeks. Uh, and you choose our property, a free wild tiny home, the platform will actually give you a second home that's similar in a region that's, uh, you know, I, I, actually, I don't really understand the distance behind it, um, but they'll split the, they'll give you a second property that's similar. So you can split your stay and just make one booking. So if you're doing two weeks or even a month, which is freaking awesome because you can split your stay between what they have on the, uh, the platform here is Zion National Park and the Grand Canyon, right? Which is, they're not close. Those two aren't close, but very similar uh, experiences as you go. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that because what you can do is you can select your category, but then you can also uh, match that up with split stay. And now this becomes a game. It becomes a game of where we're staying and the experiences that we're being opened up to the whole thing. So I'm not 100% sure how that's a benefit to... Uh, the hosts, other than just more options for for guests to to choose more properties, so your 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 property becomes more bookable, I guess. Um, but as a guest, I mean that's a freaking awesome feature, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think overall, what what's great for because you know we have already had some emails from from hosts asking like, okay, well, what's you know what's in it for me? Because like these are all it's all guest facing, right? These updates, right? So, you know, I think the biggest benefit, number one, is Airbnb keeps innovating, keeps updating their platform according to the trends, you know, which is really mm. good because I think that's going to draw more people to the Airbnb platform, which is going to benefit all of us, right? 
when it comes to when it comes to the split stays, like I understand the collections thing um, or the categories, because uh, you know I I understand that like travel is becoming more experience based versus destination based, right? With the flexibility that people have, plus like you know how everything needs to be Instagrammable, otherwise, especially the younger people needs to be Instagrammable, right? So I understand that part. When it comes to split stays, um, I'm ha- it's harder for me to understand exactly like where that's coming from or what they're trying to achieve. I get yeah. it. Like, okay, you're, you're flexible. So you could stay, you could stay one, this one property one week and then another property another week. If you're traveling like two weeks just to make it more interesting, I guess. But I'm curious to see how that's going to unfold because first of all, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see it anywhere on the website yet. Maybe you haven't rolled it out. I don't know if you, have you noticed it? Does it give you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't looking for it uh, as a search feature, um, but I, w- I was just reading the updates, what they, uh, what they yeah. offer. Um, well, I could touch on this a bit, man, as far as like where my mindset is going towards all of this. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so it, this is what it looks like. It looks like if you're if you have a longer term stay, so seven seven days or more, you have two options. You could either do a split stay in two homes in one destination, so you can stay in two different properties. Say you're coming to Idlewild for two weeks, uh, you can stay in two different properties in Idlewild uh, over those course of two weeks. Maybe seven days at one property, seven days at the other, or you can do. Uh, two homes in one category. So that's where on their website, they show Zion and Grand Canyon with Mm -hmm. the mindset that people are willing to travel for their different experiences. Zion and Grand Canyon, I I believe it's like a, I could be wrong with this. I believe it's a seven hour drive, right? To get between the two, uh, which is a beautiful drive, right? So the way that I'm looking at this is more, and this is kind of what Brian put in his web, uh, in his video, uh, which everyone can see. If you just go on to airbnb.com, uh, this is the first thing that pops up. But if you're listening to this in a later date, if you go to airbnb.com slash 2022 summer, you'll see all the updates, see the video, the whole thing. But what he talks about, and this is, you know, using myself for example as well, what he talks about is people are more right now are more willing to spend longer times traveling. And going to different, they don't have to go back to the office. That's the whole idea, right? So we have the ability to stay at these properties in different locations for longer periods. Now, if you look at my experience, remember a year and a half ago when I bought the truck and Samantha and I went on like a four-month road trip um, to get out of San Diego and just like get out into the woods, hike, do the whole thing. We we knew that we had this amount of time and we wanted to go to these different areas. We knew what we wanted, fast internet, location to work because we still had to work on the road. And we wanted uh, two bedrooms, essentially. And it was the same type of property that we're buying or or, uh, renting in each location. The whole idea here in my mind is that it just makes it easier for you to set up the full experience without having to go through the rebooking experience. Right of each single time booking a brand new stay and going through that search. Right, so in my eyes, it's just giving guests the it's Airbnb's way of keeping the uh, the guest on the platform. Right, because mm-hmm. as we were doing that, we were booking direct with with hosts. We were booking on Verbo. We were booking on Vacasa. Right, we're bouncing around to wherever we can find these locations. Uh, in my eyes, this is a way for get for Airbnb to keep guests into the platform, which is ultimately good for every host because more guesting on the platform means that they're willing to book more and spend more, which just means that the Airbnb ecosystem is, is stronger, right? So how it supports the host, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it just gives more uh, um, availability and eyeballs on your properties. Um, and it keeps the guests in the platform. Outside of that, I just think it's a freaking awesome feature for for a traveler. Mm-hmm. I'm excited yeah. to use it just for myself, right? Yeah. Uh, how we capitalize on that, I don't know. Yeah, and I think a big benefit as well is that you know, every me saying is that, is that if you search for a one month stay, for example, um, you're going to find an average of forty percent more listings because 
let, let's say you want to stay for a month. It's only normally it would only show you the listings that are available for that entire month. But now Airbnb can say like, hey, we've got these two listings that are really cool. Uh, you can't stay there for an entire month, but you could stay two weeks at this one and two weeks at this one. Right. Right. So I think um, I, I guess it's there. It's it's a way of like recognizing like people want to stay longer and we want to offer the guests more options on on where to stay. Dude, that's a good point, right? Because like finding a property for a month is not the easiest thing on the platform. Um, And they typically get super expensive. I don't know if there's double booking fees on this or if there's just one booking fee. That's that's something that they don't touch on. But, uh, you know, maybe that's a way for guests to start saving some money as well, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, Airbnb is still driving that profitability, you know? but I don't know. I think it's freaking awesome. I think it's really cool. I think it's uh, it's tapping into what the travelers are desiring right now. And to your point, man, that, that makes a good point. Like if someone wants to stay a month uh, in uh, Idlewild or in San Diego and they can't necessarily find a property to their standards uh, for a month, now we can split it up, right? We yeah, have that exactly. option to do that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So I've, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to to try it out. Um, I don't know when this is going to be implemented, or maybe it's only for certain search parameters. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe they only show it. Like, yeah, or maybe they only show it if they don't have enough properties to show where where you can stay the entire time. I'm not 100 percent sure. We have to uh, we have to explore a little bit more. Um, but let's uh, let's touch on the third big update as well. Uh, yeah, um, this is yeah. Before we move forward, just one last thing that I just noticed is. Um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but when you click on the uh, the search, so where map area, it now offers uh, regions, which I think is pretty cool. So I'm um, flexible, Europe, Mexico, South America, Italy, and Central America. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's the uh, I noticed that too. For so I'm in Panama, so for me, it's offering like South America, it's offering Colombia. So I guess they they look at like where most people. Um, go depending on on your area, and then it it suggests uh, a region. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah, the third. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the third update. Yeah, the third update is air cover for guests, right? So they, I think they introduced air cover for hosts a while back in the about a year ago in in 2021. They now have air cover for guests. So essentially, what this means is that uh, there's free there's free guarantees uh, for guests. So essentially, what Airbnb is trying to achieve <clears throat> is that uh, they want to give uh, travelers or their users uh, a peace of mind that if they book an Airbnb, that they are they have certain guarantees. Number one is they have booking protection guarantee, so that if a host cancels a booking. Within 30 days of check-in, they guarantee that um, they will find you a better or similar home or that you get refunded. Number two, there's a check-in guarantee. That means that if for whatever reason you can't check into the home, let's say the key doesn't work or the, the, the code that you get doesn't work, again, they will find you a better, a similar or better home or, uh, or give you a full refund. And then the last guarantee is the get what you booked guarantee. Essentially, what that is, is that uh, if you as a guest find that the the property that you're staying at is not as advertised, let's say there's something missing or, you know, it has like it stated two bedrooms and it really only has one or like it says there's a air conditioning and there is no air conditioning. Again, Airbnb will then uh, uh, jump in and and give you a better, uh, similar or better home or, or give you a full refund. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, again, this is very traveler. I, I think for a host, we have to continue to remember that this platform needs to be guest centric, right? Because we're competing, all these platforms are competing to get the guest on the platform and keep them on the platform. Without the guests on the platform, we don't have a business running on this uh, on Airbnb, right? So I already know we have a lot of hosts that are going to be reaching out. Well, what about the hosts? You know, they're they're not taking care of the hosts. It's always about the guests. I think this is awesome. 
because I really do. I, I feel like this is going to force, and this is something that you and I have been talking about for the last few years. This is going to force the whole list it and forget it hosts uh, either to step up or step out of the platform, right? Uh, over time. The reason for this is like, I, I think about, I put myself in the guest shoes. And when I, when I've been a guest staying in different properties, most of my experiences with Airbnbs are, I don't want to say world-class. I've had a few world-class experiences. Then I've had a majority of them have been okay. And then I've had a few pretty horrible experiences from safety to not what they, you know, we're offering the whole check-in thing is a big thing as well. If you can't check in, they'll, uh, you know, essentially this uh, at the end of this too is Airbnb will help them find, help the guests find a new place at their cost at, at the, at Airbnb's cost, or they'll do a full refund. They don't talk about how this is actually going to impact the host as far as like penalties and whatever else towards the host. So th- I'm going to be, you know, I'm pretty interested in learning more about that. I'm sure it's in the fine print here. But this is going to really force the industry to um, deliver exactly what they're marketing, right? So when, the first thing that came to mind uh, when I was reading uh, the Get What You Booked guarantee, which I, I freaking love because um, I've, I've stayed at properties where the photos look great. Um, well, man, think about like the last uh, trip I had to Jersey. The, the photos looked absolutely amazing. There was like two reviews. The the person was, you know, the get, the host was awesome when he was communicating the whole thing. We checked in and the furniture didn't match what was in the photos. There was, you know, holes in the walls. The place was the, the dirtiest and most disgusting property I've ever seen. Um, and, but Airbnb was telling me, well, we can't do anything about it because everything works and you've already checked in. The, get, the host is going to have to allow you to check out. And then the host got uh, pretty violent, uh, verbally violent with us. Um, and that's a whole nother thing we'll talk about. Um, but the first thing that came to mind, man, uh, get what you booked guarantee is when we did the whole team Airbnb, the whole team weekend, when uh, we gave all of our team members uh, Airbnb gift cards. And the requirement was everyone take off this weekend, uh, starting on Thursday. And we have to book a really unique property at the same time and share it with each other uh, on Monday when we went back, back to the office. It was a really cool team bonding experience. Um, but Matt uh, and Bruna, um, they booked this property that the marketing was absolutely amazing. It showed the photos of this lake. Uh, it was like, I think like the title said, like quiet, private, lakefront home for, you know, to disconnect with your family or whatever. And that's exactly what they wanted. They went and when they arrived, the property was on a lake, but the, the house was directly on a highway. So they, the whole family couldn't sleep. The windows were shaking when trucks would go by the whole thing because, and they didn't talk about this at all in, in the marketing of the property. To me, that's not what he booked. And that was a shock to him and it, it destroyed their, uh, their experience right uh, at, at that location. So it's forcing, it's forcing hosts to, to deliver exactly what's in their marketing. Right. So that, and then the extreme example of me walking into this property and there's a blow up mattresses instead of actual mattresses and holes in the walls and stuff like this. That's not what we, you know, what we booked. So previously, unless there was a, a safety issue or something like that, you can't just leave the Airbnb and get your money back because it wasn't up to your standards. Right. But now this is forcing the host to, to meet those standards. Um, but also to clarify, like I, I read a little bit deeper into this and they were saying that this is for big items, right? So like if you go into their example was like, if you go into the property and the fridge is not working and you can't fix it easily in the next 24 or whatever amount of time uh, for the host or for the guests, um, that's a big, that's a big uh, thing where the guests can find a different property. Right, which is understandable, but they won't be able to do that if there's like ants in the house or you know that their example the toaster isn't isn't working right that's that's not going to disrupt their experience at the property so 
I, the execution of this is going to be really interesting. I think the execution of this from the guest guest side, if they really feel protected uh, there, no, and the, dude, this is something I hear a lot. My sister will not book Airbnbs because she does not know what she's going to get when she checks mm-hmm. in. Right. This supports that, right. This solves that problem. But yeah. then also for the host, I'm really interesting on the, uh, on the execution side, because then does this give an opening for guests to just complain and cancel a booking because of X, Y, and Z, right? It's a, a terrible example, but a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Will Smith, did you see that, that clip of Will Smith smacking uh, oh, yeah, Chris yeah, Rock yeah, on stage? Yeah. Uh, terrible, terrible, you know, uh, experience for, for everyone involved and, you know, the whole thing. But I've been hearing co- comedians talk about, does this now, because Will Smith didn't get any, uh, uh, you know, he wasn't fined in any way for that, didn't get arrested for assaulting somebody, the whole thing. They're saying, does this now give the opportunity for, for fans or people in the audience to get up and slap comedians because they don't agree or like their jokes, right? Terrible, uh, you know, example here. But um, does that give the host or the guest now the the ability to just cancel stays because it's not exactly what they wanted or expected when they booked the property? So I'm a little torn on it. As a guest, I love it. Uh, I think it just professionalizes the industry even more and forces hosts to get to the next level with what they're delivering. Um, but also the execution of this is going to be really, uh, th- that's the part that I'm really not concerned about, but uh, I'm aware of. And I think we yeah. all should just watch and, and learn over the next year, how this is implemented. Yeah. And we can get some clues, I think from the rebooking and refund policy for, for hosts, right? Cause you remember like a, a while ago, there was a lot of controversy around that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because basically what Airbnb did, and they, they have now, just to be clear, they have now uh, taken this language out of the refund policy. But um, they, uh, a, a while ago, I can't remember what one was, but at some point they had in their in their refund policy, it says, where Airbnb incurs costs in assisting a guest with finding or booking comparable, comparable or better accommodations, the host will be responsible for uh, to pay or otherwise reimburse those costs in addition to the amount of any refund. So that, and, and that was, there was a lot of resistance among hosts. So I, I just checked the refund policy. They've now taken out um, that, uh, that messaging. Okay. Right? So, so what's interesting now is that you mentioned earlier, like, Hey, last time they had 150 or I don't know how many items in their update. Now they focused on three main things, but, they're not, they're also changing all these other little things on the way. So they're not, they're not putting it in a big update anymore. Right. But this refund policy, like it's changed a couple of times now over the last uh, couple of months. So <clears throat> you can just search for Airbnb host refund policy and, and this, this page will pop up. But what's important to notice there is that they changed another thing. It used to be the case that a guest had to report any issues within 24 hours. Right. Right. That's a, this is a big update. Yeah. Now, it's 72 hours. Yeah. And that's what a lot of hosts are concerned about. Because yep. if you have 24 hours, then you're going to have to cancel that, that Airbnb like within 24 hours, then you don't really get to enjoy it. But if you can stay for like almost three days and then say like, hey, the, the freeze isn't working. I want my money back. That's, that's a concern that I see a lot, of, uh, a lot of people in our community have. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, like I think, and, uh, you know, I, it's still going to be the case that uh, the guest has to contact Airbnb. Uh, Airbnb is going to mediate. They're going to they're going to yeah. look at like, okay, is this a serious issue or not? But uh, let but me also, give you some, um, yeah, but yeah. also like uh, this this is where the implementation really needs to come in, and where we have to study this over time. So let's not freak out about that yet, because Airbnb may have the policy in place where. Um, if someone's staying for three days and then says, uh, Hey, I want to check out the fridge isn't working, uh, hasn't been working for a while. Right. Well, okay. Did you communicate this to the guest or, or to the host? When did you communicate? 
Did you like, was there, are they trying to fix it? Did you give them an opportunity to fix it? So it's not like they just had, I'm assuming they don't just have the ability to just say, Oh, I want to leave, give me my money back. And it's going to go through that process. I'm sure there's checkpoints behind this because it, it was the same way for the 24 hour notice as well, right? Where you have to communicate and there has to be a dialogue between you and the host going back and forth right? Uh, uh, on solving the problem. So, you know, and then we don't know, it might get to a point where it says, Hey, well, the fridge only stopped working on day three. Uh, so we're only going to refund you for the rest of your stay, but you have to, you know, you're going to have to pay for the first two days that you were staying. Right. So I think there's some dialogue there for sure. We'll see over time. I think, uh, Airbnb, even though going back on what I said, even though this platform needs to be uh, guest centric, uh, Airbnb knows without happy hosts, they don't have a business either. Uh, they don't have a service to offer, right? So um, they know that they have to keep help these hosts stay in business around this. So I don't see it being just like, okay, the the three days is almost up. So let me just get all my money back and move on or whatever it is. Um, I think the dialogue really comes into play on that as well. So it's really, really important for hosts to know this stuff because if something comes up, this is exactly what we teach in the operational aspect of uh, Legends X, right? Is like the moment something comes up, we have to take immediate action on resolving it. We have to document everything and we have to build a system around preventing this or fixing this in the future again, because we're going to have, we have to show our good faith of hosts on how fast we, we react to solve guest problems. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so I like it. You know, I think again, the implementation over time, we'll see how it goes, but honestly, it's like at the end of the day, man, Airbnb is by far the best platform to partner with uh, for these transactions with guests. Like, of course, if we can get our, our own direct bookings, that's amazing. Profit wise, I get that. Uh, but as far as like marketing partners, what they're doing in the space to me is, uh, is incredible. Now there is one last thing too, to the, uh, the air cover. Uh, so we, we talked about three of them, but the, um, the fourth is the 24 hour safety line, which I had that experience. I experienced this for the first time before they rolled it out to the public, you know, or the last couple of days here. Um, I experienced this with, with that example of that booking I had in, in New Jersey. Um, this is the first time that I had, I was escalated to the safety department in Airbnb. I've never had to deal with that as a host or as a guest. Um, there, there's these different levels of customer service for these big companies, right? Where they have a lot of offshore customer service assistants that are hu humans that are trained very well uh, at, at their job, but their job is to communicate with a guest going through what's on their screen, following step by step. And they only have the ability to make decisions based on what's on their screen as a, as a, uh, um, customer service rep, right? Like for example, uh, I had to, um, I had an issue with United airlines where I was trying to, they, they moved my seat without telling me and my booking time or my check-in time, the whole thing. I called customer service and it was an offshore customer service rep. And she was literally just going through the exact same screen I had access to on the app. And I said, Hey, I need somebody that can make an, an intelligent decision here on helping me because I'm a little stranded and this puts me in a bad spot. And she just did not have the ability to do it. And then she puts me to her manager and the manager essentially had the same restrictions, only what they can do on, on the screen. The 24-hour safety line for Airbnb, what I personally experienced is an individual that had the freedom to make an intelligent decision of the situation. So they're outside of the, the system. They're outside of if this, then that. Step A leads to step B, one, two, three, right? It's like outside of that, this gives them the ability to ask questions, go deeper, assess the whole situation, and then make a decision uh, based on their assessment of the situation, right? So I find this extremely helpful 
um, in many different ways, because even if we have an uh, unsafe guest, I'm sure this is going to come into play where, where we have the ability to connect with, uh, with the safety line. So, uh, yeah, I found it really interesting because going back to the New Jersey experience, uh, this host, the moment that I said, Hey, uh, you know, unfortunately this property doesn't, is not a good fit for my family. Um, it's just, you know, totally fine. We'll pay for the, the night that we just stayed now, but we'd love for you to, uh, to cancel so we can find something that's a better fit for our family. Very professional message. I did not, you know, did not poke the bear at all. Right. And then the responses just were, you know, cursing me out and just telling me all these things. I'm going to come down there. I'm going to rip your family out, out of the house by their hair. Uh, I'm like real serious oh stuff. Very, very fast. That's, I'm like, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, dude, 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 dude. I'm like, Hey man, like everything's fine. Totally fine. It's just not a good fit, man. Like, do we have your permission to leave? We'll pay for the night that we stayed. And it got that scary that fast. And he's like, I'm in the truck and he's yelling at me. I'm going to come rip your family out by their hair, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, my parents were there and my sister and I'm in California. So I felt like I couldn't, you know, it was very unsafe situation. They, when I called Airbnb, they upgraded me to their safety line. And I dealt with the individual that you could just tell that was approaching the situation with uh, some intelligence of what exactly is happening. Who is telling the truth here? What exactly is the problem? Is it just a miscommunication or is this guest actually in uh, um, you know, a dangerous situation? Does this host need to be on this platform or do we, uh, do we need to remove them off the platform? So I could just tell the wheels are spinning in a different way than when you typically deal with a guest mm -hmm. issue with customer service there. So I just wanted to bring this up because I feel like this is extremely important for us in multiple different ways. One is for guests to feel safe when they travel. And if there is a problem that we can deal with somebody who is not just going off the instructions on their screen. Uh, two is it really forces the, again, professionalism on the platform. So that guy that was hosting us was removed from the platform and he can't, he's banned from Airbnb. That was part of the update. Uh, cause he communicated with Airbnb the exact same way he communicated with me. So they're like, all right, you're not part of our community, man. We're getting you off of this thing. Uh, lastly, and this is what I love about it. It also supports our industry in the communication of Airbnbs are not air quote, Airbnbs are not safe in our community. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are making that of like, hey, these aren't safe locations, blah, blah, blah. Now Airbnb is taking that serious and we can uh, plug into, we, we can broaden our community and the safety of this industry um, into communities around the world. So I think it's really, really powerful. Um, and I think it's something that's, that's very needed uh, right now. So I'm excited to see them roll this out as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think overall, just to uh, just to wrap up this this entire discussion, I think we agree that you know this is these are great improvements uh, on the guest side, and because we as hosts are the are dependent on how many guests we have on on Airbnb, this is inherently also a good thing for us. And I agree, it sets the standards higher. You know, like I I can I can think of a couple of situations too where I was pretty pissed off at at a host. Um, for example, one time I booked a two bedroom. And it wasn't the two bedroom. It was like uh, the the living room had like a kind of a, an area where you could close it off with a curtain, and they called it the bedroom. Right, right. And it's like it's like come on, man. Like seriously, yeah. like you can't you can't do stuff like that, you know? Um, so people, the hosts that have that mindset of like, okay, let's let's see how we can how we can uh, manipulate things to be more attractive than we really are. Like we don't, there's no need for, or it doesn't benefit anybody for to have those hosts on the platform. Not at all. Not at all. So, so yeah, all right, man. man. Well, this is it. Uh, I think next week, by the way, we should update everybody on the changes and the progress that we're having here in Ottawa because uh, um, lots of learning lessons, lots of progress. And um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see what what's coming up for us as we're expanding into the development world and the ownership world versus just the management side. So I think it's a whole new, uh, it's a whole new 
type of conversation that we're going to start having with our audience, our students um, on how to build this business for wealth. So I think next week we'll tap into that a little bit, but all in all, yeah. uh, for this week, I'm super happy with these updates. I like that. There's only three of them. Let's make the guests happy. Let's make them safe. We got to make this platform a even more professional and an ability for guests to, to be as, um, you know, flexible as possible. Cause it only forces the professionals like us to really capitalize on this platform. Yeah. Um, if these platform, if these updates scare hosts, then we know that we have to revisit our approach to business in my opinion. So all in all, I think it's a solid, solid, um, uh, update. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll probably, uh, do another episode on like, uh, especially on the search side, you know, cause that, I think that's going to have the biggest effect on, uh, on, on our bookings as well as like, like, how do we actually show up in these categories? Cause I can imagine like there might be a host who's, who's like looking at the search now and like, Hey, I used to be on the top and now like, you know, I, I can't find my, my own listing anymore. So yep. <clears throat> there might be some consequences, but, um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, next week we'll talk about free wild because we have some, like you said, we have some really exciting stuff to share. Um, and uh, on Monday we'll be back with uh, I'll be back with another episode of the of the host show. So thanks, Eric. Hi, brother. Let's rock and roll, man. We'll chat soon, y'all. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to learn more about air hosting on Airbnb and building a short-term rental business, then go ahead and subscribe to our daily email newsletter at getpaidforyourpad.com. And if you're just starting out on Airbnb, make sure to download our free Airbnb starter guide at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash get started if you enjoy this podcast make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening for a chance to win lifetime access to the short-term rental profit academy which is our starter course for anybody who wants to start hosting on airbnb so every month we select one reviewer at random and give that person access to the course So thank you for listening. Check back every Monday for a new episode of The Host Show and every Friday for an episode of STR Conversations of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast. Thank you and see you soon. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.